verse 35. We'll read through verses uh, all the way through verse to verse 39, okay? Everybody have it? Okay. I'm reading from the New King James Version. If you don't have that particular version, it's on the screen uh, for us to read together. Ready? Let's read. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. All right, we're talking today on this subject again, winners, quitters, and cowards. Winners, quitters, and cowards. Thank you, Father, today for giving us opportunity to spend the time of your word. I pray, Father, that each heart is ready to receive, every ear is ready to hear, every eye is ready to see, Father, because of your blessing, that which you have for us to understand and know today. We ask that, Father, that God, any hindrance or distraction the devil may send, that you are to have your angels stationed around this place to keep that out so that, Father, we can hear and receive all you have for us. And I pray, Father, that as you speak to us, the word will resound in our hearts that even if you speak once, twice, we'll hear it. The word just keep echoing our spirits, oh God, that, Lord, you are the God of gods. So speak to us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. Winners, quitters, and cowards, part two. Praise God. When I was born again back in uh, 1989, I got born again February 12th, 1989, service like this, Sunday morning. And back then, because of my upbringing from my parents and the church we were in, we were already taught that we were in the last days. And that was back in 1989. <laughs> they used to tell us it's the last days back then. And so I understand then that uh, if those were the last days, which they were, then we're definitely in the last days now. The time didn't start over, right? In fact, if you were to read the book of Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Ghost falls, comes in, and the 120 or so that were in the upper room were filled with the Holy Ghost, began speaking in other tongues, Spirit gave them utterance. The people outside heard them, and they said, these men, they're all drunk. And, of course, Peter stood up and said, they're not drunk as you suppose, they're drunk, but not as you suppose. They said, but this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. So the last days began after Jesus Christ rose again and ascended to the Father. That's when they started. So if those were the last days, then we are definitely in the last days now. In fact, we're really close to being the last moments of the last days. Do you all agree with that? Um. But I said all that to say that back in 89, when I got born again, you know, we were taught the last days in, you know, uh, uh, eschatology, study of end times, and things that we read about, watched all the movies about, Burning Hell, Prodigal Planet, Distant Thunder, you know, um, uh, Mark of the Beast, I think, Image of the Beast, we watched that movie. Anybody, anybody else watch those movies in your church? Okay, y'all should have. I, you can probably find them on YouTube. They're probably still out there. Now, the, the technology is really old. 
you know, but you get the message. The message is still the same. But the things that we saw, I never thought I'd see those things in my day. I knew we were in the last days, but I didn't think that the actual manifestation of those things that I'd see in my day, especially here in America. And when you look around, it's really concerning what you see happening in across the world, but even here in America, the kind of things that are going on. Hallelujah. The kind of trouble, the kind of lawlessness, the kind of uh, rampant crime and rampant sin that would actually be uh, allowed. And I don't know how many of y'all understand the state of California, uh, they have legislation that's already in place, it's already in place now, that every day in California, you can, you can steal up to about 930, huh? In the San Francisco Bay Area, so not the whole state yet. Okay, so just in San Francisco, but there, I know in New York, they're trying to, the, the person who's trying to run for attorney general wants to bring this to pass there, that you can steal up to about $950 a day worth of goods and not be prosecuted every single day. Every single day. And stores are now closing their hours, changing their hours and closing stores because how do you survive as a business like that? But Jesus said this, that because, this is what Jesus said in Matthew 24, that because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. So lawlessness is abounding. I never thought I'd see those kind of things in my, in, in my day that we're seeing here. I never thought I'd see the kind of things in the church that we see today. That the church, there, there are actually factions within the church who Preach that there is no hell. That preach that the devil himself will be saved. That preach that you can live any way you want to because grace covered all your past, present, and future sins. And yet the Bible said that people would come in these days and they would turn the grace of God into licentiousness or New King James lasciviousness, which is another word for lawlessness within the body of Christ. That because of their grace teachings, people will think they can do anything and that it's okay. And they are now. People are doing it and everything. I never thought I'd see those things in my day. The kind of persecution that we talk about. I never thought I'd see it to this degree in my day. And yet we're here. There's a scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1, where Paul says this to his son in the faith. He says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous... Times will come. When you read that last days, the actual Greek uh, of that will talk about the last hours, the very last of the last days. And so we're in the last of the last days. If Jesus, his, his uh, ascension marked the beginning of the last days, we're in the last of the last days. And he said that word perilous, dangerous, precarious times will come. Okay? Now, he... We can keep reading, and you talked about, you know, people forbidding to marry and all the kind of all the things that go on. But I want you to see he's not just talking about dangers like, you know, driving on the road is going to be dangerous and, you know, not going out at nighttime and, you know, you getting robbed at the gas station. Not, that's, that's not what we're talking about here. Put that same verse up for me, please, in the Living Bible. In the Living Bible. Because I want you to see this uh, as the church. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, in the Living Bible. Hallelujah. He says this, you may as well know this too, Timothy, that in the last days, it is going to be very difficult to be a Christian. All right. 
We're not talking about being dangerous with, you know, hyenas on the road and, you know, coyotes on the road and drunk drivers and, and road rage. We're talking about dangerous or difficult to be a Christian. How many Christians do I have in here? I don't mean people just when you go into the hospital, they, you got to check a box. I'm talking about you are a Christian. You are Christ-like. You are a Christ-ian. You follow Christ. You want to be, be a mini-Christ. Y'all, you remember mini-me? Off those movies, mini-me? That, that when people see me, they see Christ. And he said, in the last days, it is going to be very difficult to be a Christian. So understand why I'm preaching on winners, quitters, and cowards. Because in the last days, it's going to be very difficult to be a Christian. Now, get Acts 14, 22, Living Bible, please. Because I've been teaching you about the tribulation period. Remember that? And again, I'm not, I'm not a hard stance on either one as far as whether Jesus comes before or mid or during uh, or at the end of it. So please don't try to quote me on that and think I've gone off the deep end somewhere. I'm not trying to set any mark on anything. I just contend just be ready whenever he comes. Amen? If Jesus, if, if, if he came another 100 years from now, you're not going to be around 100 years from now. So whenever you leave, you got to be ready. Y'all, whenever you leave, you got to be ready. Whether you leave by the grave, whether you leave by the air, you've got to be ready. Okay? So we're, we're not in the tribulation period, but we all will go through many tribulations. Okay? In Acts 14.22, Paul says this, uh, or it's about Paul and them, they're going out teaching, and he says, uh, where they help the believers to grow in love. Let's go back to verse 20, 21. Let's see if we get some context, please. I'm sorry. Let's go to verse 21. I don't have room for both verses on my paper. <laughs> okay. After preaching the good news there and making many disciples, they returned. Now, this is right after Paul had been stoned to death. Y'all remember that? He had been stoned to death for being a Christian, for preaching the gospel. Stoned to death. So bad the people left him, they thought he was dead. In fact, one translation says he was apparently dead. Go back to verse 20. Go back to verse 20. Verse 20. Hallelujah. Um, verse 19 then. Verse 9. I just want, I just want, to, want you to see this here, uh, where, where he was. See that apparently dead. Y'all see that? So they left him for dead. In fact, some... Some theologians speculate that this is when Paul took his trip to heaven. Remember Paul went to heaven? Paul says, I want to tell you about a man, whether, uh, I don't, whether it's in the flesh or not, I don't know. But I know a man who went up to paradise and he heard unspeakable things up there. And most theologians agree that this is when, he, when that happened, that he literally died. Is anybody learning anything so far, y'all? Or y'all on Facebook? What y'all doing? Okay. So apparently dead. So then next verse, the disciples came and got, gathered around him because these are praying disciples. This is an Old Testament church. They didn't call Creel, and they didn't call Mac Ray, and they didn't call Smitty, and they didn't call anybody else. They called all the disciples. Come on, let's get together because we're not going to leave our brother dead. So they, they got him. Okay, verse, verse 20. Believers stood around him, and he got up. 
Glory to God. Got enough anointing in one place. He got up, went back to the city. Next day, he left Barnabas uh, with Barnabas for Derby. Keep going, please. Verse 21. After preaching the good news there and making many disciples, they returned again to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. Verse 22. Here it is. Where they helped the believers to grow in love for God and each other, they encouraged them to do what? Continue. Say it again. Continue. Continue in the faith. Remember, it's going to be real hard, really difficult to be a Christian these last days. You wonder why so many people are, are leaving the church. It's hard. Or I should, I don't want to say hard to be a Christian. Difficult to be a Christian, not because Christianity is hard, but because you're going to face what he calls here in spite of all the persecution. See, I mean, when I got saved in 1989, I didn't know we'd have to live through that. I thought, you know, that's, I'd be long gone before all this kind of stuff. Reminding them that they must enter the kingdom of God through what? Through what? Many tribulations. So remember, we're not in the tribulation period. And prayerfully, Joe, we don't ever see the tribulation period. But how many of y'all know we have many? Okay. Now, let's deal with this tribulation here again. Go to Matthew 13 and verse 21, please. Matthew 13 and verse 21. Media, y'all help me out. I'm going to try to stay here. with. Okay. Matthew 13, 21. See what Jesus says here. And back in the New King James Version, please. Hallelujah. Because he's preaching on the, the parable of the four grounds. Right? Yes. Y'all know that? Yes. In Matthew 13, Mark 4, Luke 8. Matthew 13 is preaching the parable of four grounds. And he explains this parable to his disciples uh, in more detail. So in verse 21, he says... Uh, give me verse 20. This is just me. I'm sorry. I, I try to get all this on my paper, but I don't have room. But he, he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Okay? So he receives, he hears the word, receives the word. Yet he has what? No root in himself, but endures not till the end, only for a while. For when? For when, not for if. For when tribulation or persecution arises, why? Because of the word, immediately he what? He stumbles. He quits. So we see here a quitter. Now we see this in the four grounds, and this guy, people pick on him because he, he, you know, he stumbled because of the word. That means he didn't get his manifestation. Remember the guy who, on the good ground, the person on the good ground got 30, 60, 100 fold. You know, all the people, right? But this, this person gets, gets nothing because they didn't endure. They only endured only for a while. They, they, were go, they were going along until they hit something that was too tough. What, what was too tough? Tribulation, persecution. And we always look at, well, that person missed getting their manifestation. But I want you to understand something here, that Jesus is preaching on the kingdom of God. And I know this is a review for some of y'all. You're bored already. Just, just indulge me. He, he's preaching on the kingdom, not you getting a car. Not you getting a new house. We've, we've brought it down to that, but that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about a person 
receiving or hearing the word of the kingdom. So you remember we just read through you must go through many tribulations to get into the kingdom. Now remember this guy hears the word which means he must be around or in church. Well come on down here. He must be around or in church. He go to Sunday school. <laughs> he goes to the Sunday morning service. He hears a message. But he doesn't have any root in himself. So that means there are people that sit right here in church every Sunday, maybe every Wednesday, every go to, they go to the little flight team. <laughs> well, because they serving light snacks. <laughs> or they like the social aspect of it. So, okay, great. But that doesn't get you into the kingdom. Well, I'm in church. Well, the church isn't the kingdom. Church is part of the kingdom, but it's not the kingdom. So what the devil is doing through tribulation persecution is not trying to get you to just miss your car and miss your house and miss getting your, you know, your wife you believe in God for. He's trying to get you to miss the kingdom. Did not Jesus say, that in that day there will be many who come and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out devils in your name? We were doing all the church work. And he's going to say, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never knew you. You were in church. Y'all better hear me back there in the back. You were in church, but I never knew you. So just because you're in church doesn't make you a child of God. The Bible says let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. For the Lord knows those who are his. The Lord knows those who are his. And let him who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So church membership and church attendance does not qualify you for eternal life. Somebody better hear me right here this morning. It's going to take all that and some more. It don't take all that. How many of y'all grew up here? It don't take all that, baby. Yes, it does. It takes your praying. It takes your fasting. It takes your giving. It takes your serving. It takes your time in the word. It takes you cutting out friends and cutting out family and cutting out folk and cutting out all kind of stuff. That's Yeah, it does take all that. Because it's going to be very difficult to be a Christian. Not to be a church member. It's easy to be a church member. Church member, you, just, you, you can go online. My name is. Thank you. Welcome to our church. Everybody now doing e-church. We got e-church. Everybody used to join our little e-church. That's great. That's wonderful. That don't get you into heaven. That ain't the kingdom. Not, not, nothing wrong with e-church. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, not putting on it. We have e-members of our church here. People who they give online, they, they watch online, but you ain't on, you're not going to see them. Maybe never again. So that great getting up morning, we might see them again, praise the Lord. That, that's all right. But you better be living this word at home. So, thank you, Holy Ghost. So when, tell your neighbor, it's coming. <laughs> oh, it's coming. 
You're going to live right. It's coming. You're going to call yourself a Christian? It's coming. And it's coming because of the word. What word? Well, I got a word about my house. No, he's preaching on the word of the kingdom. Go back and read in the Bible. It says the word of the kingdom. Because you got a kingdom word. And a kingdom word is supposed to produce kingdom in you. And so he got to come get that kingdom word out of you. And get you to go with church word. And if I can get you down to church word, I can get, get you down to humanism word and science word. and I got to get you off this kingdom word. This kingdom word makes you dangerous to the, to the devil. I wish I had a few more emails. The kingdom word makes you, it, it gives you an authority. Church word don't do that. Church words come over your table and spread feast of the Lord is going on. Lord, praise God. Hallelujah. Now notice what it says. Because of this tribulation and persecution, it says immediately he stumbles. King James says he is offended. And I showed you Wednesday night that offended, we could break it down, off-ended. He went off the end. It, it means that he, 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 he literally left. It's the Greek word scandalizo, which means to cause to fall away. Hallelujah. To cause to fall away. He didn't just get mad because he didn't get his new car. Because it wasn't about a new car to begin with. It's to cause to fall away. I'm, I'm going to pick this up. because. So the devil's not just trying to block your blessing in this verse. He's trying to block your interest to the kingdom of God. He doesn't mind you going to church. You can go to church seven days a week and the devil is not even moved by that. What he minds is if you get the kingdom of God working in your life because then you can cast him out. You can heal a sick. You can raise the dead. When Jesus told his disciples, they said, look, I send y'all out, go out there and preach the gospel and heal the sick and, and cast out devils and all that kind of stuff. He said, when you do it, tell them the kingdom of God has come upon you. He doesn't say, go tell them, I'm from a senior grace Christian center, and we, we here to bless you. He said, no, tell them the kingdom of God. See, the authority is in the kingdom. There's no authority in this name. The authority is in the kingdom of God. So I got to get folk to fall away from the kingdom of God. Now, everybody say, fall away. Give me 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, please. 2 Thessalonians 2. Start at verse 1. 2 Thessalonians 2. I'm going to start at verse 1. I'll go through verse 3. Because this, remember, it's, it's going to be difficult to be a Christian in these last days. How many show enough Christians I have in here? I mean, you're going Jesus all the way. Okay, well, I just want to say, warning, warning, warning. It's going to be difficult. Not because God's making it hard. It's because you have an adversary, the devil, who goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, who he may pick off. And you look around and you see he's just picking folk off. 
People, you thought, I just, I never thought you'd not be in church. I never thought you'd not be serving God. I never thought you'd go back to that. I never thought you'd begin that. I never thought you'd do anything like that. What happened? Picking them off. Now, brethren, concerning, I'm in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 1. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him. So he's talking about the end time. We ask you, keep going, please. Not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, right? As it is, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Now, when Paul's writing these letters, it's been now many years since Jesus left. And he told them, I'm going away. He said, I'm coming again. So, you know, they're thinking, Chris, they're thinking, okay, he's going to be gone about seven, nine, you know, maybe, maybe ten years, and he'll be back. He'll be right back. Remember those guys stood out there in, in the book of Luke, uh, 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 Acts 1 and Luke 24. When they, they, they sitting there watching Jesus go up, they saw him ascend. And, this, and an angel shows him and says, why y'all guys staring up there? Well, wouldn't you be standing up there if you saw Jesus going up there? Angel said, why y'all standing up there? They said, the same way he went up. You're about to see him coming back down. So they're thinking, all right, back in a few days, this thing going to be all over. Because remember, they, their whole thing was, in Luke, Luke uh, in Acts 1, they kept trying to ask him, hey, tell us about the kingdom. When, when the kingdom going to be, when you going to do, do the kingdom thing? They kept asking him the whole ministry. Is it now you're going you're gonna to establish the kingdom now? And he says, not, not given to me to, to tell y'all. It's not given us to know these things. Okay? So don't be soon shaken as, if, as though the day of Christ had come. Now watch this, verse 3. Let no one deceive you by any means. For that day, the day of his coming, will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed. Now who's the man of sin? The Antichrist, the son of perdition. That's the Antichrist. So the day of the Lord will not come unless a falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed. So we know the rapture is not going to happen until the man is revealed. Now he, the tribulation period may not start. I'm not saying that. Don't get, it, don't get me in that little thing. I'm just saying we know it says he's going to be revealed. We'll know who he is. Matter of fact, for us, if we believe in us going at before, the, before the tribulation, then we can say, as soon as we see him, all right, pack your bags, everybody about to get up out of here. <laughs> okay? Praise God. As soon as a guy say, ask me, I got, I got the answer for the world, we can say, all right, there you go. Y'all ready? Let's go. Okay? Now, but again, he says, but it won't come unless the falling away comes first. The falling away. So there's got to be first a falling away. Now, what's going to cause people to fall away? We just read in Matthew 13, 21. Tribulation and persecution. Praise God. Y'all okay? This, this phrase, falling away, <clears throat> comes from the Greek word apostasia. Apostasia which means defection. You know, like when we have athletes who play for Cuba, Cuba, and they hate the communist regime in Cuba, 
They play for Venezuela, and they hate the socialist regime in Venezuela, or the Russians. They, they go and play in other countries, and when it's time for them to get on a team bus, they can't be found because they defected. They, they, they left. They abandoned. They're like, I got to get out of here any way I can. So notice this word here. That word apostasia means defection. It's a conscious abandonment. Conscious means you know what you're doing. Abandonment of allegiance or duty. Now, this is describing falling away from the church. It's not people, not people defecting from a nation. This is from the church. Are we seeing it? I said, are we seeing it? So these must be the last days. So we must be very near then to this man of sin being revealed. We must be very near then to Jesus Christ coming back. And while people are shucking and jiving, partying, shopping, doing everything they can think to do, they're not paying attention to these signs. I mean, what would happen if you're driving on the street and you're trying to get somewhere and you don't pay attention to the signs? You're going to be lost. So here we are on this journey, and if you're not paying attention to the signs, you're going to be lost. Because they're real. So this, this falling away, that word apostasia comes from another word, apostasion, which means to divorce. That's what it is, to separate. It's a departure. I left. So what we're seeing is in the body of Christ, people are literally divorcing. Remember, because we're married to Christ. Remember what, what Paul said. He told the church, I, I've espoused you to one husband. You're married to one husband. So what happens is when you leave Christ, you actually file. In fact, if you were to look at that word up, it means a writing of divorcement. You actually file for divorce. This isn't just we in different bedrooms. That, that's how people start out. I, uh, let me come over here. That's how people start out. You don't start out the moment somebody takes you off and you go and file for divorce and move. You start out with... You, you know, ain't hold your hand a day. I ain't talking to you. And then, you know, I might be on, uh, you might be on the sofa, uh, you know, uh, another bedroom, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, come on and help me out. Am I right about it, y'all? Oh, no, Pastor, we've been to the marriage weekend. We all fine. I know that. I know you're fine now. I'm talking about, I'm talking about on a regular. I know you're good now. I'm talking about on a regular, how, how it really works. Nobody just files for divorce first day, right off, right off rip. No, it's just, it's, it's, it's you slowly kind of disconnect, slowly kind of depart, slowly sort of just pull away, ease away, and we don't walk like we used to walk together. We don't talk like we used to talk together, and you know, it's, 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 a, it's a hello, you know, it's a good morning, and it's, it's, it's just slow, it's, it's gradual, just a gradual thing. And he said, this is what's happening in the body of Christ. People don't just all of a sudden wake up, they one day praise God, hallelujah, hallelujah, next, next day I can't stand Jesus. 
I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you how it works. Now y'all, y'all in the back, don't, 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 don't be mad when I say this. I'm not talking about you. I'm just giving an example. He used to be in the front row. All, every time you used to come to church, be on time. You'd be on time, sit at the center, front, of the front row, just because you want to. I'd be right in the front. Because I'm going to be right in the middle of, middle of praise and worship. I'm going to be right there. I'm going to be on hang on every word pastor got to say. Sitting up front. Before you know it, you go to the second row, and the third row, and the fifth row, and the seventh row, and the ninth row, and then you skip a week. And then, oh, but I'm online, I'm watching online, I'm watching every service online, Pastor. I used to hear people telling me, telling me that. Pastor, I'm watching every service on, online, but the kids telling me that they had kissing cousins. That's what the kids telling me. Oh, yeah, we was at kissing cousins. Oh, I thought y'all was all watching online. If you're going to run, you got to tell the kids, look, this kids, this is what we're going to tell pastor. <laughs> you got to have the whole family in on it now. Because somebody's going to tell the truth. Before you know it, now, what happened? Not, not, not walking with the Lord, not doing anything. Because divorce happens slowly. You know, when, you, when you're departing, if you're going to fly from here to Los Angeles, you go to the airport, right? You don't just get in the plane, all of a sudden, boom, you're gone. You're going to taxi out, turn the runway slowly. Most times, I'm now, now, I used to be, I wouldn't go to sleep at all. Mine, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go to sleep. I'd be on a plane because I was so scared. I'd be looking out the window. Shut <laughs> We got married, when we got married on our honeymoon, my wife, she was a pro at flying. I had never flown in my life. We got married, and I thought she there for me. No, 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 she was asleep. We're flying, we're flying to New Orleans. Oh, looking forward to it. I was so scared, I was going to rent a car to come back. Because I like, okay, we got here, but I'm not, fly, I'm not getting back on that plane to come back. I'm like, I'm going to rent a car. If, I, if we had to be back at work, I was going to rent me a car because, man, I was so scared. But now, you know, I'm a pro at it, so normally by the time the, we tax it out, I'm out. I don't even know are we flying on the ground. It's just, it's just, praise God. But it's gradual. It's a very gradual departure. That's why that marriage weekend we had week is, is look you got to catch it while, while catch it before somebody departs I said you got to catch it before somebody departs fix it while you can still fix it while Jesus told one of the churches strengthen that which remains <laughs> better strengthen it with that, that which is ready to die he said that which is ready to die that's what he said in Revelation Strengthen that which remains. He said, that which is ready to die. And so people, if they're not careful, then they're ready to die. You, once you say it, you can't die again. Oh, yes, you can. That's what the Bible calls twice dead. You were born dead. You can get saved, and if you backslide and go back and don't come to God, again, you are now what the Bible calls twice dead. Hallelujah. Now, I just heard Chris, you say that. But do you know when God said a marriage to the back slide, that was an Old Testament word for the Jews? 
for the backsliding Jews. That wasn't for Christians. That was backsliding Jews. Because he had a covenant with them that he had to keep it to Abraham. I'm, I'm still married to you as a nation. But an individual? You want to back up and go back there? He said, it's, it's going to be your fault. You die in your sins. It's your fault. See? People in the church have been banking on that. Oh, praise the Lord. Don't get caught with your pants down. I said, don't get caught with your pants down. Let me keep going here. Y'all okay? <laughs> Falling away is a defection, it's a, a, a divorce, it's a departure. It's the same word we look in 1 Timothy 4.1. 1 Timothy 4.1, look at what Paul says here. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. Paul is talking to a son of faith. He says, now the Spirit expressly says that in the what? Latter times, it's the last days, some will what? Depart. Depart. Divorce. Now to be divorced, you had to have been married. That means you were saved. But you got a divorce. God didn't file for the divorce. You filed. You're the plaintiff in this. Oh, boy. And he said the reason why they got divorced was because they started cheating. They were having an affair. They were giving heed to deceiving. In the King James, it says seducing. That's why some folk get divorced because they got seduced. They had, they had a work husband and a work wife. Oh, boy, I better come back up here. That's this kind of foolishness that's going around in the, in the world today. Oh, that, that's, that's my work husband. I got a husband at home, but this guy's my work husband. This girl, that's my work wife. That's my, that, that's my college girlfriend. That's my college boyfriend. And people end up having these emotional affairs. Oh, but I hit something right there. These emotional affairs with somebody else's husband, somebody else's wife, have gotten seduced. That's why the Bible tells you in Proverbs, don't even look at our eyelids. Just look away, bro. Just look away. She put on that extra six-inch eyelashes. That's why I'd be like, be like. Don't look. Look away. Come on, man. Just tell somebody, look away, look away, look away. Don't look into our eyes. Now look at your own wife. Look at her eyes. Be ravished always with her beauty. Be enraptured with her love. And we see it in the natural, right? But yeah, he says this is what's happening in the body of Christ, that people get divorced because they're giving heed to seducing, in the King James, seducing spirits and doctors of devils, he says. That means here come the devils talking about... from God. Psst. 
flattering lips. I got an itch, and I, I need somebody to scratch my little itch. That's what the Bible says. People having itching ears, heaping unto themselves teachers. They heap to themselves teachers. So they get away from the pure doctrine of the word of God and find some teacher on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and wherever you want to find it who's going to teach them what, what I need to hear to, ooh, I need that. Seducing spirits, doctors of devils, and people from the body of Christ are divorcing Jesus. This is good to me, Pauline. I love y'all enough to tell you the truth. T R U T F, truth. The truth. Somebody say, tell me the truth, Pastor. I need the truth. I don't want to be lost. You know what I'm saying? I don't want a divorce. I'm married to Christ. And I give him all the rest of my life. I'm going to serve him all my days. He delivered me. He saved me. Hallelujah. I owe him my whole life. Ain't nothing gay about that when you're a man say I'm married to Christ. Ain't nothing gay about that. We are the body of Christ. As a, at collectively, we are the bride of Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I love him. I love him. Most folk, when you got saved, what did you do? You came to the altar. But when you came, you came all stanky and nasty, dirty and filthy. And when you came, the groom cleaned you up washed you, sanctified you, made you holy, made you beautiful. Now why in the world you take you in your beautiful new wedding garment and go back and waddle in the mud of sin? Oh, Jesus. Where were 1 Timothy 4.1? Oh, man. How long have I been up? Y'all coming back from, for prayer tonight? Y'all coming back for prayer tonight? So, again, go back to, uh, you can go back to the New King James Version here. Let's, let's stay there. New King James. He said, the Spirit speaketh expressly. In the latter days, the latter times, some will depart from the faith. Some will depart from the faith. Some will depart. Not all. Why is it that some, Scott, why, why will some depart from the faith and not all? Because remember, we, we learned it's going to be difficult to be a Christian. And yet not all are departing. Somebody's going to stick with it. It's difficult, but I ain't going nowhere. 
It's a challenge. I'm being persecuted, but I'm, I'm going to stick with it. God's been too good to me. It says some will depart. Why? It's because, remember I told you there are three types of people. This is what I'm preaching on. Winners, quitters, and cowards. And the ones who are departing are in the latter two categories. Quitters. And cow- I ain't no coward. I'm a man. Yeah, I hear you. But as soon as that persecution hits your tail, I want to know, can you stand? As soon as they start challenging you about how you believe on this popular subject. As they question, what's your stance in this hyperinflated area we're talking about here? Do you, uh, uh, um, well, you know, um, um, uh, you get the stuttering coming all around the bend and start saying well, my pastor believes now you go put your pastor out there but I'm good you know it don't matter to me you know I think every it's a free country everybody that's what they say love is love Science is real. There's nobody illegal. And there's all this kind of stuff people are putting out there. And everybody got the signs in their yard but you. So they know, okay, wait a minute, check you. But then they check your Instagram and you liked something. You, you hearted something and you, oh, you, you shared something. Oh. I don't like it. I know, 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 I know. I'm, I'm, if you allow this by the Holy Ghost, I'm trying to cut you. Because I want to see when you bleed what comes out. Do you bleed Jesus or do you bleed, do you bleed coward? Deuteronomy 20 verse 8 because some of you got to really make sure you analyze and assess your circle Bible says in Proverbs uh, 13 and verse 20 it says he who walks with the wise will be wise but a companion of fools will be destroyed meaning that there's a law of association that you become or you begin to manifest based on what you're around. It's a principle. It's a law. You, you hang with wealthy people who understand, I don't mean they lucky wealthy, I'm talking about they understand how to operate in wealth, then you, you'll, you'll, if you follow that enough, you'll become wealthy. You hang around poor people who will master poverty, you'll start mastering poverty too. <laughs> oh, come on now. You know how to be poor. You hang around people who are intellectually challenging, not challenged, challenging. <laughs> it works both ways, though. If they're intellectually challenged, you'll fully know you'll be like that too. Talking about stuff. What are we talking about? But if you hang around people who are intellectually challenging, engaging, before you know it, you'll be same thing coming up to that level. 
right? So look at this here. Uh, put up a shoe. Deuteronomy 20, verse 8. Deuteronomy, that's the scripture trying to get you. Deuteronomy 20, verse 8. Because you've got to really analyze and assess your circle if you're going to make it into these last days. I'm believing 80% of y'all at least want to make it into these last days. Am I right? Do I have at least 80% of y'all? Okay. Okay. Don't be the 20% that want to fall away. I, I want you to take divorce off the table. Even in the spirit. If my wife left Christ, and I can guarantee if I left, yeah, she's going to tell on me. Oh, we need to vote for another pastor because there's something wrong with him. Well, she's going to probably be on punch me all in the eye first. Like, what you doing? So look at this. No, you know what? But we got we to get a kind of resolve, right? That if we see our brothers and sisters starting to backtrack, slip back, fall back. Punch him in the chest. What you? No, if it's a lady, don't punch him in the chest. Punch him in the eye or something. What you doing? Yeah, tighten up. What you doing? Let's, as the Bible says, let's not lose what we've gained. Be careful that you don't lose your reward, the Bible says. You, you got to tell them, you don't want your name blotted out of the Lamb's Book of Life. You made the book. You made the book. Stay in the book now. Now look at this here. So I, we got we to do this because we got to make sure we eliminate or separate from cowards. He says the officers, this is the rules of engagement in war here. You read in your section of your Bible. He says the officers shall speak further to the people because the priests already told them, hey, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Don't be discouraged. The officers then shall speak further to the people and say, what man is there who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return to his house, lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. In other words, if you got cowardice in you, get out of here quick so you don't infect everybody else. Look at this same verse in the Message Bible, please, the Message Translation. Hallelujah. Remember this from Wednesday night? The officers will then continue, and is there, I'm sorry, will then continue, and is there a man here who is wavering and resolve and afraid? Let him go home right now and get away from us so that he doesn't infect his fellows with his timidity and cowardly spirit. So the officers, when you're in warfare, I got to understand, you want to know who you're going to battle with. Any of y'all military guys know that? You don't, you don't want to want to be in a foxhole. None of y'all ever did foxholes. That's, that's, I forgot. Y'all all modern. You did fox? Y'all y'all were in foxholes in practice? Real, okay, y'all, okay, so, all right, good. Got some manly men. Now, you don't want to be in a foxhole with some guy who just, he's scared. You're like, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, he got his little weapon. He got, got his gun pointed the wrong way. You're like, I don't know. Shaking like Barney Fife. Oh, Lord, he's missing. Hey, you go home. Bro, bro, hey. You go home. Because I can't run with no cowards. Because you're going to hurt me. And furthermore, what he said was, he doesn't want you all infecting your other fellows 
with your timidity, your timidity and your cowardly spirit. In other words, cowardice is contagious. It's like a virus. We everybody worry about a virus now. What's what's as viral? In fact, what was more viral in our nation throughout the world was the fear. How you know? Because people they are they already got they are they had COVID, got two shots, and still scared. What? Oh, go on it. Now, ain't nothing wrong if you had COVID. A lot of, most of y'all in here had COVID, okay? And some of y'all got the shot. Ain't no problem. Get the shot. Everybody get the shot if you want to. Get it tomorrow. It doesn't make any difference. But my point is, okay, at some point you got to let go to scare. You got to let the scare go. You see what I'm saying? Because fear is what's more viral. In fact, we notice from medical science that fear lessens, shuts down your immune system. Medical science tells us that. So you fearful, you, you make yourself now open to viruses, open to infections. You got it? So he said, get the fearful folk from around us because we're going to war. I said, we're going to war. Y'all got this? Now, look at, um, hallelujah. I'm going to skip this here. So it's, it's, I got I to gotta quit here. Yeah, I got to skip. Well, I, I, I gave it to you Wednesday night. I was going to give it to you again because judges, we saw an example of this when God told Gideon, uh, get all the fearful people out of there real quick. He had 32,000 men. He said, you got too many? He said, first thing we're going to do is send all the cowards home. He said, send them home at once. That's in Judges. They can put it on the screen for you. Judges 7.3. He said, the ones who were fearful and afraid, let the cowards, let them depart at once. Don't wait, don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait to sign them out. Just go. Get out of here now. Because cowards will infect you with cowardice. If you're in business, don't wanna, you don't want to be running with people who are scared in business. Right? You don't invest with scared of cats. You invest with a scared of cat, they're going to be checking every day. Let that thing ride, man. All right. Okay, but we're dealing with cowards here. I want you to hear this. Write it down or just record it in your brain, in your brain. Cowards will never enter the kingdom of God. I'm not talking about people who are being cowards about riding on the, uh, one of them rides, the Python or something at, Disney, at the Busch Gardens. I'm not riding them rides no more. I used to, but I'm 49. And I recognize a few years back, I'm now too mature for this. We went, the last time I went, I tried that mess. We went to the state fair. State fair, I got on the first ride. The teacups. Why in the world did I take my 40 plus self on the teacups? I got on that, oh. I was on there, I was so, I was like, I was praying, show the ba 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 kasa. Because I knew I was about to bring up everything I'd had for the last seven days. I knew it. It was, I'm like, oh God, oh God, Jonathan, don't, 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 don't throw up, don't throw up, don't throw up. And I, oh, oh God. So, I'm not a coward by that, I'm just smart. 
I know it ain't going to turn out right, so just don't do it. Oh, they got a new ride at Bush Gardens. God bless them. Let me find me a turkey leg, a corn dog or something. I'll sit down. I'll hold your purse. Come on, just go right ahead. So I ain't that kind of coward. You understand? But I'm talking about cowards in the spirit because we're talking about being in spiritual warfare here. Spiritual warfare and cowards who will buckle under persecution and tribulation and cowards will never enter the kingdom of God. I'm going to prove that and then we'll, we'll stop here. Revelation 21. Revelation 21. Hallelujah. Probably, if I went to Disney World, probably, I'm going to probably get on It's a Small World. It's a small world after all. It's a small world after all. That's, that's probably... Remember that time we went there to church? We went there one time, the whole church. This is where early on the whole church went there. And somehow, now I got, I got my daughter, Alexis, there with us. Somehow I get stuck on a small world. Me and big old Deacon Matt, both of us sitting there. It's a small world. On the same seat. Like, who did that? Both our big selves. Oh, it's a small world. Crazy times. I'm glad nobody has that. Nobody, y'all don't have a photo of that, do you? Nobody? Y'all do? No, you don't have to find it. In Jesus' name, I command that photo to dissolve. Revelation 21. This is the, this is the end times here. It says, Then he who sat on the throne, that he, Father God, said, Behold, I make all things new. And he, God, said to me, write, for these words are true and faithful. Keep going, please. Keep going. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Come on. The beginning. That's what y'all ever heard people say that, preaching? And that's where it's, it's actually in the Bible, okay? He says, I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. Now watch the next verse. He who overcomes shall inherit, come on. Now, who's going to inherit all things? The believer? He overcomes. See, in the church, well, we make the mistake of thinking that just believing makes you inherit all things. See? Now, there, by believing, you, you, there are things you inherit, you get to partake of your inheritance here on this earth, but this is the eternal inheritance here. So he says, to get this inheritance, Mayan, he said, you got to overcome. Now, overcomes, Caleb, implies there's something I had to come over. And people don't want to, they don't want any kind of challenge in their faith. They don't want any kind of tribulation in their faith. They don't want any kind of, I don't, you know, I don't want to go through nothing. People think they go to a faith church, I ain't got to go through nothing. I'm telling you straight up, you're going to go through more than your cousins ever do. Now, your cousins go through for sin's sake. You go through for righteousness' sake. When they go through for sin's sake, they have no support. But when you go through for righteousness' sake, you are Father God. 
carrying you through. Got it? So he overcomes, shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Now look at verse 8. Now we're we, we talking about getting our inheritance, our inheritance. But, it's a big old but right there. The cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is a second death. Okay. Now breathe. Now watch this. How many of y'all ever heard somebody say, don't you lie, because liars are going to have their part in the lake? Okay, I grew up on that. Don't you lie, because liars are going to have their part in the lake. We learned that in the Pentecost church. Lies are going to have their part in the lake of fire, which burns brimstone and fire. So you don't lie. Or as when you're talking to a parent, you don't tell an untruth. Y'all know what the untruth is, right? You don't tell no untruth. We couldn't even say lie. Not a day kids call their parents lie. You don't lie, your mama. What? What? You about to lose the left side of your face. If you got sense, child, say, Mom, I, I, I just didn't see it that way. But don't call your mama no dad no liar. Okay. So we know liars. We believe that, don't we? So who else going to have a partner like idolaters? Idol worshipers? Yeah, we talk about them idol worshipers, don't we? Sorcerers, those people in, in the witchcraft and all the kind of seances in the burning sage. and It's all sorcery. Rub it on rocks and stones and that's all sorcery. Drugs is sorcery. That Greek word is pharmakia. So when you smoke in weed, you're into sorcery. And it says, so the weed smokers should have their part in the lake which burns with fire. That's what this word is. I ain't got to make it. Look it up for yourself. It's pharmakia. It's, it's, it's all that. So we know they they going you can't say, say folk going to hell. I didn't say it. He said it. Matter of fact, it didn't even say they're going to hell. It said they're going to have their part in the lake. Hell and the lake are, are different. The Bible says that all of death and hell is going to be turned into the lake of fire. Hell is just is like 49th Street. Y'all know what 49th Street is? The jail? But it says when, all, when everything finished, the folk in jail and, and the jail itself going to be turned into prison. See? Hell is bad, but even hell is going to be turned into the lake of fire. You read your Bible. So, stop smoking weed, y'all. Okay, sexually immoral. Fornication, adultery, cheating. Homosexuality, transgenderism, all that. You can't say that about them. I'm not saying that. I'm just reading it. Is it the word in 2021? Did God change his standards? No. Okay, so I, this is not my opinion. Well, what do you think? I don't think. I just read. What you need to do is stop thinking and just read. So all the homosexuals, the Bible says, this is online, 
all the homosexuals, unless they get saved, will be turned into the lake of fire. My name is Pastor Jonathan Marcus Anderson, and I approve this message. So if you're going to cancel me, go and cancel me. But I'm not making it up. I'm just reading it. Well, you don't love? No, no, it had nothing to do with love. God loves everybody. But he has a, a set law, a set standard. It's just, okay. Murderers. We agree with that, right? Murder's going to be there. Right? Abominable. People do things that are, that are abominations before God. Things that God, there are things God absolutely hates. There are things God just, it just, if God could puke, he would puke. In fact, he does. He says, I'll spew out of my mouth. <laughs> then he says, unbelieving. I'm, not, I'm going backwards. I'm just, I'm just want to make sure you know this is all the same group, Keith. It's all the same group. Well, I ain't no abomination. I ain't no sexual more. I ain't no, I ain't no homosexual. Okay, great. But there's, there's some other stuff here we got to do with you. Liars. Cheating on taxes every year. Okay, come back, come back, come back, come back. It's, it's, it's people, people, because you, 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 you can try to ostracize one group and pick on them because you're not part of them, but we want to make sure I'm in none of these. I'm not unbelieving, faithless, which means I actually believe in the Lord and I serve him. But notice, Faith, who's at the top of this list? Y'all see who's at the top? Cowardly. 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 In the King James, it says, fearful. Am I right, Deacon Robert? But the fearful and unbelieving. So cowardly folk are the fearful ones, which means persecution comes, tribulation comes, and I'm scared to stand for Jesus. Well, how you feel? Oh, no, 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 no. Fearful. I don't get in all that. Right. I don't, I, don't, I don't have a right to tell anybody how to live. Well, okay, coward. You do. Because your Bible says that you are supposed to warn those who are unruly. You. How did a preacher do that? No, he didn't say preachers do that. He said you. Paul, Paul wrote, that, wrote that to the Thessalonian church. That you, church, warn those who are unruly. People who don't follow God's rules. Warn them. Well, if you warn somebody of something, that means there's danger ahead. Same way as a parent, you warn your child about running in the street, putting their hand on a hot stove. You'd warn them, right? So if you know somebody's going about to bust hell wide open, oh, well, people got a right to live. How do they, they want to live? They have a right in America, but not in the kingdom. And your Bible says in Psalm 103 that his kingdom rules over all. 103 verse 20. His kingdom rules over all. 
No, I think it's verse 19. It's almost through 19. His, the Lord has set his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Which means his kingdom rules supersede America's rules. So it might pass in America, Joe, but it ain't going to work in the kingdom. And matter, matter of fact, listen up, America. Your Bible says the wicked shall be turned into hell and every nation that forgets God. So God will turn a whole nation into hell for the sin thereof. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, we better finish here. I know it got quiet. I understand. But let me give you this here because I, I, want, I want you to hear this. That word coward back in Revelation 21.8, King James is the word fearful. It's the Greek word deilos, deilos, which means timid, fearful. From Thayer's Greek lexicon, this is right there in the Strong's Concordance, in that verse it means of Christians, listen to this, who through cowardice give way unto persecutions and apostatize. I'm just, that's exactly what it says. They give way through cowardice. They give way under persecutions. And it says those who are like that, they're not going to make it into the kingdom. Might have spent all their life in church. But it says they will not make it into the kingdom. Boy, why do you know I'd much rather be preaching about your faith and your increase and your prosperity Preach on something that just gonna get you. Yeah. We'll be preaching this right here because we gotta do this. Wait, wait, wait. What's happening all across America? What's happening? What's, these are the last days. The signs of the times are all around us. We better wake up and not be just watching the NBA finals and thinking, oh, it's just everything. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Something's happening. Any day now, Jesus can return. I'm not going to have wasted and spent all my years going to church and then be left down here through sexual immorality or through sorcery, through cowardice. What, is, what does apostatize mean? Let me just help all the people. Apostatize means this. To abandon one profession or church. That's what it means. To abandon one's profession or church. To forsake one's principles and to retrograde, not upgrade, retrograde, go back from one's faith to withdraw from one's own party, from one's party. It's quit. That's basically what it means. Cowards quit. Cowards quit. Now, go back and put that verse, and we'll close it here. Revelation 21, verse 8. Put it back on the screen for me, please, in the, in the New King James. Let's, let's stop it here. So I'm going to give all to call. I'm about to give all to call Luke. Revelation 21, verse 8. But the cowardly, 
unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is what? So there's a first death that all of us can experience, right? My, my mother and my father already died once, okay? But he says here there's a second death. Everybody say second death. Now, this word, that phrase is also found in the second chapter of Revelation, verse 11. In fact, stay here. Stay in Revelation 21.8. Give me the CEV. Give me the CEV real quick. And then we'll stay in CEV and we're done. We're done. Hallelujah. Are y'all learning anything today? But I will tell you what will happen to cowards and to everyone who is faithful or dirty-minded, or who murders, or is sexually immoral, or who uses witchcraft, or worships idols, or tells lies. They will be thrown into that lake of fire and burning sulfur. This is the second death. Now, stay in CV and go to Revelation 2.11. Revelation 2.11. This is what Jesus says. If you have ears, listen. How many of y'all have ears? He's not talking about these. He's talking about spiritual ears. In other words, don't ignore Pastor Sand. I wish he heard been finished. You better listen. God knows this is not my lane of preaching. I'd much rather preach on 12 other subjects than preach on this. But God is bringing a stark warning to the body of Christ. Get yourself ready. If you have ears, listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Whoever wins the victory, and victory implies there's been a battle, will not be hurt by the second death. So there's a second death. We all gonna die. But the second death is when death, hell, and the grave are turned into the lake of fire, which will burn forever. That's an eternal, an eternal damnation, separation from God, a time where you will be totally conscious of everything happening. When you die, you don't lose your conscious man. You know exactly what's going on. And one of the, st the first thing that you'll experience if you were to leave and go to hell, you'll, you'll recognize first the total absence of God. Whether you're saved or not, people understand, even if they don't want to acknowledge it, because the Bible says all the earth declares his glory. So God is evident everywhere. But when a person spends eternity in hell, there's a total absence of God. You'll go through a physical corruption. 
That's why the Bible prophesied about Jesus when it said, he said, you will not allow, you will not leave my soul in hell or allow your Holy One to see corruption. Because hell, think about burning sulfur. How it will forever burn. So there's the eternal torment that you're aware of. Well, no, if we, I'm not going to have this body. I'm not going to recognize it. Then why did that rich man, when he lifted up his eyes in hell, say, send Lazarus down to dip his finger and touch my tongue? Because you'll still have a body that can feel. That was not a parable Jesus told. It's a true story. He called names in that story. Lazarus, Abraham, he called their names. Because it's a reality that God, he loves us enough to say, my child, don't, don't go there. I sent my son Jesus. In fact, Jesus himself went to hell. This is your Bible says. When he died on the cross, he went down into hell and spent three days and three nights in hell. He went through all the torture, all the torment, all the pain. Why? Because the Bible says he became sin. He became sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21, he became sin for us. He became sin. And because he became sin, all of our sin, he went into the lowest part of the earth, the lowest part of hell, and went through the worst possible pain and suffering he could go through, that anyone could go through. To be tortured and tormented in hell for us. For us. So can you understand then why God would not allow a coward who all they're doing is getting talked about. All they're doing is being cut off from somebody's family circle. When Jesus Christ was so courageous, so brave, that he go to the very pit of hell for us. So God makes no provision for cowards. If my son would go through all that for you, then at least when you're on this earth, Take a stand for him. And don't let seducing spirits and doctrines of demons pull you out. Don't let it be when the devil brings tribulation like a sickness in your body or financial attack make you quit on God because things didn't work out on that job like you thought it was going to work on that job and now you're going to quit on God because it must be God's fault. No, it's not God's fault. You have an adversary of the devil. You got to make a decision. I'm going to stand for God. I'm going to stand for Jesus Christ all the days of my life. I want every head bowed, every eye closed in this place today. I, I know I've preached a long time, but I'm, I'm so intent on jerking up the body of Christ. Jerking up those ones who may be 
on the fence and you're, you haven't divorced from Jesus yet. But it's just kind of been, we don't talk like we used to talk. And Jesus told the one church at Ephesus, he said, I know your patience, I know your works and all the good things you've done. He said, but this I have against you. He said, you've left your first love. He said, return to your first works. He says, because if you don't, I will come and remove the candlestick from your lampstand. Do you still love him like you used to? Do you still pray? Spend time with him and give him the focus of your attention? Or have other things entered in? Cares of this life, deceitfulness of riches? Desires of other things, entertainment, have those become the most important things to you? Will they consume all your time and all your energy? Jesus says, you've left your first love. He says, return to your first works. Because when you love, there are actions that show. So return to your first works, which are the proofs of your first love. Today, if there's any person in this room that you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you've never made him your Lord and your Savior. You never have officially become part of the body of Christ. You, maybe you've been in church your whole life. Maybe this is your first time here. Whatever the case may be. And you say, all right, hey, no, I believe Jesus did die. I believe he rose again. I believe he loved me enough to do all that for me, and I want to be saved. I want to be born again. Or if you're a person who says, yeah, I, at one time I did. At one time I was walking with Jesus. At one time I was serving him. But truth be told, we kind of been separated for a while. Been kind of doing my own thing. Hadn't really been thinking about the Lord, not serving him, not giving him my life. I need to reconcile with Jesus there's nothing he's done it's me I want to pray for you I want to pray for you so whoever you are you're one of those categories just lift your hand in there I want to pray for you just lift your hand in there I want to pray for you I see your hand I want to pray for you I see your hand I see your hand I see those hands I see those hands Hallelujah. Somebody else, you know it. You know Jesus Christ came to back today. If truth be told, truth be told, man, that's, it's a real good chance I would make it. It's a real good chance I would make it. Now, I ain't out there doing everything in the world doing, but it's a good chance that I, I, I might not make it. All right, one, one more time. If that's you. I've seen some hands go up already. Anybody else, you, you didn't put your hand up on the first call. Say, Pastor, okay, I want to be included in this prayer. I'm going to pray for you. I see that hand over there. I see that hand back there. I see those hands back there. I see those hands. 
y dos años. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, the Holy Ghost bringing conviction right now. I see some hands going up that might shock people, but you're not shocked because you know you. Better than anybody could know you. And when it all comes down to it, it's going to be you and Jesus. I don't want to think I'm something that I'm not. And I don't really care what people think that I'm something. In reality, I know I'm not. Now I'm going to begin praying right now. I'm going to begin praying right now. And all of you who had your hands up, I want you to just, I want you to pray. I want you to begin praying. And in your own way, just for a minute, before I start praying, just in your own way, if my wife and I were on the outs and I had to, we had to reconcile, nobody could tell me what to say, really. We have to really say what's in our hearts. So you and the Lord, he's right there. You just tell him what's in your heart. At any point, I want everybody praying right now. Whether you had your hand up or not, I want everybody praying. Read about the seven churches of Asia in Revelation chapter 2 and Revelation 3. There was only one church that God didn't have, Jesus didn't have anything negative to say, only one church. The other six, he said a lot of positive things about all of them, but he'd say about one of them, oh, but there's this one thing here. And there's one thing. I, I like what you're doing here, but then there's one thing over here. So every one of us, I think it's worth it if we all just say, Lord, if there's even just one thing. I think we can all do that if we be honest. Lord, if, even if there's just one thing that you find faulty, I want to make sure I get that straightened out right now. Because I don't want judging anybody else next to us, anybody around us. I don't want us doing that. That's not our job. Lord, if there's anything, anything in me that's not like you, if there's anything in me that's short, Anywhere in my life, Father, where I'm not, I got a little imperfection. Hallelujah. I don't want anybody doing this because you're afraid of hell. That's not what it's all about. It's not, it's not about being afraid of hell. It's about receiving his love, God's wonderful love. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, I'll give you just a couple more minutes. Please, I'm begging you, don't be so hard in your heart that you can't really look at yourself. Never in your life get to a place where you think, no, I'm just perfect. Never get there. 
and never get to a place where you're so, you feel like you're so far off that God won't forgive you. Because he will. Oh, he absolutely will. I don't care how far you've gone, how much you've done, how bad it's been. God, your father, our father, he will forgive every one of us. Now, Father God, I pray for each and every one of these people here, every one of us that are in this room, those who are here, those who are watching us online, wherever they may be, now and in the future, Lord, that every one of us will make a real assessment of our lives, that not one of us will be so conceited as to think that everything about us is perfect, that we got everything in perfect in order, but that, Father, we are open to you by the Spirit of God showing us where we're short, showing us where we've missed it. Lord, there's none here that's perfect. No one in our midst that has done everything exactly the way it's supposed to be done. But Father, your word said that we could simply confess our sins to you. You said you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Father, that we can get things right and in order right away. Thank you, Father, that, Lord, as you have made your word clear to us and plain to us, God, none of us in this place want to be lost. God, not, not that I know of. I don't think so. But, God, if even there's somebody today who's just so hard and so stiff, so callous and their conscience is seared with a hot iron. God, I don't know what to say about that person, but I pray that God, nobody in this room is that far away that their conscience has already been seared with a hot iron, but that we're all still soft and tenderhearted enough to say, Lord, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry for failing. I'm sorry for letting you down. I'm sorry for going my own way and doing my own thing. God, I'm sorry about it. I confess my sins to you and I ask you, Lord, I receive your forgiveness and your cleansing from all, from all unrighteousness, Father. And I ask you today to help me as we reconnect, as we reconcile, that as we are restored in our fellowship together, that, Father, that I can please you every day, that I can bring you honor and glory. Give me strength to stand. Give me strength to endure. Give me strength to outlast persecution and tribulation and trials and temptations and tests and all the troubles that come from the enemy. Give me strength to endure in the name of Jesus. Help me to be strong in you in the power of your might. And I pray, Father, that as a church, that as believers together, that we'd all be accountable to each other and responsible for each other. That when we see something going wrong, we see somebody getting off the right track, that we won't be afraid to say anything. Hallelujah. Open rebuke 
is better than love carefully concealed. So God, thank you that we love each other enough to say something and help restore our brother and sister even when they've, they've been overtaken in a fault, that we restore them in a spirit of meekness and we all, all allow ourselves to be restored when we've fallen. I thank you, Father, that when Jesus comes, he'll find faith in the earth, that in this house he'll find faith-filled people, not fearful people, but faithful people who are not cowards and not quitters, but winners in all things. That we are those who overcome and we inherit all things we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Why don't you give God a big praise today for that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.